Hello, my name is Kate Chesterman. I'm a GP in South Norfolk and I also co-host the GP Notebook Education Study Groups. Welcome to this season of GP Notebook Podcasts, where we present bite-sized topics aimed at all those working in primary care. You can follow me on Twitter at Chesterman Kate for more information about our new podcasts as they become available. And you can also visit www.gpnotebookeducation.com to learn more about our upcoming GP Notebook study groups and you can also download free resources such as our series of shortcuts. Welcome to this next edition of the GP Notebook podcast where today I'm going to talk about binge eating disorder. So let's start as we usually do with a case. Sarah is a 42-year-old lady who comes to see you saying that she is not coping. She's been tearful, low in mood and snappy. She's struggling to get motivated to do her usual daily tasks and is starting to isolate herself from her friends. You ask about her appetite and she becomes quite distressed. She tells you that she is comfort eating and that there are times when she can't stop herself. At these times, she eats until she is uncomfortably full and afterwards is disgusted by her behaviour. She denies trying to make herself sick, excessively exercising or taking laxatives. She has put on weight because of her eating and hates being the size she is. She avoids looking at herself in the mirror and is preoccupied and embarrassed by her shape. Now, I think we are all familiar with the idea of comfort eating, and I I suspect a lot of us have been guilty of it, especially over the last couple of years. But the things that should be ringing alarm bells here are that Sarah feels that she cannot stop herself. She overeats to the point of discomfort, is distressed by her behaviour, and is preoccupied by her weight. And it's these factors that would make us want to consider a diagnosis of binge eating disorder rather than just comfort eating. So binge eating disorder is when patients experience episodic overeating with loss of control. During a binge, the person may eat rapidly, eat until they are uncomfortably full, and experience significant distress and feelings of shame and guilt. And I think this is an important point. As it's explained on the Beat Eating Disorders website, and I've put a link to this excellent website in the show notes, patients with binge eating disorder are not just overindulging. The binges are not enjoyable and are actually extremely distressing. The binges can be ritualistic and planned, or they can occur spontaneously, but they usually happen when the patient is alone. They typically occur at least weekly, And unlike in bulimia, there are no regular compensatory behaviours. And as a result, patients with binge eating disorder are often overweight or even obese, although some may have a normal weight. But as we see with other eating disorders, they are preoccupied with their weight or shape. Individuals find that their mood is often impacted and they may experience low self-esteem, lack of confidence depression and anxiety. And a patient who experiences at least one of these distressing episodes a week for at least three months may well have a diagnosis of binge eating disorder. 
And this is actually one of the commonest eating disorders that we see. Binge eating disorder, like other eating disorders, is a serious mental illness. It is not just a lack of willpower. And it requires specialist treatment and significant psychological intervention. And so we in primary care should be referring those with a suspected binge eating disorder to specialist eating disorder services, where the main treatment is eating disorder-focused CBT, delivered either through a self-help programme with supportive sessions, through group sessions, or individually. And it's important to note that psychological treatments aimed at binge eating have a limited effect on body weight. And the NICE guidance is clear that weight loss is not in itself a goal of therapy. And despite a patient being overweight, we in primary care should not be focusing on weight loss during treatment. And this is because methods such as dieting and restrictive eating can trigger urges to binge eat. The treatment for the eating disorder should address the underlying causes of the patient's weight and their issues around food and eating. And as part of that, we'll encourage patients to establish a regular pattern of eating, meal planning and keeping food diaries. So, other than identifying suspected cases and referring to specialist services, what else can we do in primary care? Well, offering support while patients are waiting for specialist input can be invaluable and having regular contact in primary care can help in providing this support and monitoring patients. And while there isn't usually an acute risk to physical health with binge eating disorder, there may be conditions related to weight, such as diabetes or hypertension, that we can help to manage. Comorbid psychiatric conditions are not uncommon, as we saw in Sarah, our case study for this podcast, and these may require treatment in themselves. And finally, we can also play an important role in signposting patients to other places where they can receive help and advice, such as support groups and the BEAT website. So in this podcast, I really wanted to highlight the defining characteristics of binge eating disorder and the importance of referring to eating disorder services. And I hope that you have found this helpful please make sure to subscribe to our podcasts, which are available on all major platforms. And feel free to get in touch via social media or email me at kchesterman at gpnotebook.com if you have any questions, comments or ideas for future podcasts. And do visit us at www.gpnotebookeducation.com to find out more about our planned study groups and to download free resources.